Yeah, this is Bobby Ryan from YankeeChronicles.com with you for another episode of Yankee Chronicles on YouTube. With me today, we have Donald. Hi, I'm Donald. You can reach me on my Twitter handle at a at dstewart267. And as always, again, we have Evan. Evan here. You can follow me at EvanDWetzel4 on Twitter. All right. And one thing that has been going on around the uh, social media is the hot stove rumors. Uh, there's been no signings, no trades um, of significance to this point. So we thought it would be fun to come in this week and go over some trades that could be possible for the Yankees to improve their roster, as well as also some fun ones that most likely will never happen, but it's fun to discuss and get a chuckle out of it. So, Evan, you've put out, uh, you, you've collected a nice um, collection of, of trade proposals. So we're going to hand it off to you to, uh, for this episode, and we're going to let you go over your trade proposals. And we're going to chime in whether we agree or we just laugh. So, Evan, take it away. I think there's a lot of laughter on this one. They're, they're pretty ridiculous. Uh, I worked on about 30... 30 trades, some are good, some are really horrible. Um, the, the first one that we discussed at the end of uh, last week's episode was uh, Stanton and $20 million to the Padres for Hosmer and Will Myers. Uh, Donald, what's your opinion on that? Well, Hosmer, had a really, uh, he's been really good the last two years. Um, he had a 287 batting average, 851 OPS, um, and in 2019 he had 99 RBIs. So he's a really productive bat. Um, and Myers, he had a good year this year. 40 RBIs, 288 batting average. So his, uh, his stats are decent too. So, you know, that is, um, hypothetically, it's a pretty good deal. Um, having said that, I don't see any way that, that uh, we can trade Sanchez. I just don't see it happening. Uh, sorry, Sanchez. I'd love to trade Sanchez. Sorry. I don't see the Stanton. Uh, I still think that, um, you know, I've, all right, in terms of the Stanton trade, right, it was a mistake. It was just a straight-up mistake because now we've hamstrung ourselves to the DH position for the next 10 years. So, um, in the basis of that, it's a mistake. Having said that, now that we have him, he can rake. And I, and I, I don't really want to give up on him just yet. He can straight-up rake. And, and a lot of injury problems I don't really think are his fault necessarily kind of lower, lower leg issues. Um, maybe if our training staff uh, improved, you know, in the off season and, and make sure that he's fully fit, I think he can be really productive because I, I love I thought he was really good his first year. And even this year, I thought he was pretty good the year that he actually played. He was great. But um, in terms of the trade itself, hey, if it happened hypothetically, beautiful. He'd be all over it. But I just don't think it's happening. I, I agree. I think it's a great hypothetical trade. You know, it's not realistic. Um, but I think that, you know, those are two players that would, would really do well in the Yankees organization. You know, the Stanton trade, at the time, I actually did like the trade. I thought, it was, you know, coming off the MVP season that he had in 2017, you know, that, that star power, you know, type of player. And, you know, like Donald said, you know, when he's healthy, he can carry a team. You know, we saw that in the postseason a little bit, you know. But with the injury, you know, riddled seasons, you know, constantly, if the Yankees do get a window to uh, trade him and he's up, for, he's looking to move, you pull the trigger. I think that would really make a good trade. Okay. Um, I, I actually loved the trade when we made it for him in the first place because, one, we gave up absolutely nothing for it, and, two, we had all the leverage because of his no-trade clause. He blocked two trades before that and basically said, I will only play for the Yankees, the Dodgers, Houston, and I think the Cubs. Um, the Cubs in Houston had no interest. The Dodgers couldn't figure out how to bring him in financially, so we got him. Um, it hasn't hurt us. The only issue has been that he – like judge doesn't stay healthy. So for me, if you can move that money, which everyone is saying it's going to be horrible in the next, you know, 
three years, it's probably going to start to get kind of funky. And the last four years of that deal could really, really destroy us. Um, so if you can make a move like that now, I think you kind of have to do that, especially because um, Hosmer has a pretty big contract. I think he still has about four or five years left anyway. So you're still paying that, but at least you'll bring the contract level down two years. Yeah, and I, you know, getting that money off the books um, on Stanton's end, especially, you know, as, you know, the, the baby bombers, as they're called, you know, start getting into where their arbitration is up and they start, you know, just about ready to reach free agency, it'll give the Yankees a little more capital to keep the players that have been able to prove themselves and not have to start penny pinching. You know, they're going to want to get paid at some point. You know, Severino, we were able to kind of steal on that four years, $10 million contract, you know, which is a very team-friendly contract. And if he's able to prove himself, he's going to want to get paid. So if they're able to get a contract like Stanton's off the books, that's going to be significant to the Yankees' growth in the future. Right. Do you guys think this, uh, that Stan has had a fair shake from the fan base? I don't think the fan base has been very fair with, with Stan. They're no, really I don't think they have. The guy. It's because he's an outsider, you know, and he's not maybe brought up through the farm system. But, he, you know, he, he had a fantastic playoffs. He had great playoffs. And he's, and he's also a really good dude. He's not arrogant. He's not lazy. He works incredibly hard. And, and – I just think that the fan base has been very, very harsh on the guy. Yeah, no, he's, he's really been, a, you know, kind of like a cheerleader for the, you know, for the younger players as they're coming up. You know, he's, you know, he's not, not never come off as a, a, a me personality. No. You know, and I, I think that's why he's been able to kind of survive as long as he has um, and not really get, get – he still has some backing from the fan base because he really does. You know, he's he's trying to produce. The injuries have put a stop to that. Okay. What, what, are, what other proposals you got there, Rev? Next trade, I got you Darvish and Wilson Contreras for Sanchez Medina and two low-level prospects. <laughs> okay. Um, I like you, Darvish. He's been more average than above average, you know, uh, the last couple of seasons. I know last year, you know, he really, you know, he had a better year. Uh, I actually do like that that proposal. Uh, anything involving, you know, Sanchez coming on, you know, getting moved and making room for somebody else. Because... Sanchez just has to go, and it, it pains me to say it, and I say Please. it every time. It, it, I really mm-hmm. hope that he was going to, you know, show us something. You know, I figured a sixty-game season, how hurt could he get? But he's even though he stayed healthy, he hurt the team. He just couldn't produce. He had no rhythm, and it just seems like he's given up on himself. That's what turned me on him. When you give up on yourself, you have uh, you're done. So I would pull the trigger on that one. Donald, well, absolutely pull the trigger. But, but uh, what's the what's uh, you Darvish's salary this year? Ty, probably uh, close to twenty million or higher. <laughs> well, you see, that's where the trade falls down because we're trying to. You know, cut the cost a little bit, but if this was any other year, then absolutely do it. Yeah, now with that money, Donald, if uh, they're not able to get like a Bauer or somebody behind Cole, not having Severino until after the All Star break, is that change your opinion of, you know, do we just take that, take on the money? Because we do need a productive arm. Well, we do need a number two starter, like 100%. I just, um, I'm just then thinking about the way this offseason is going. Um, and we have to bear in mind that we're 
we need to pay uh, DJ LeMahieu something like 20 odd million in order to make it happen. Right. Um, and then when you consider that, that we don't have a lot of, uh, of, of cash to play around with. So I would um, look to trade uh, Sanchez for um, pitching, the affordable pitching. Like the Marlins have a surplus of young pitchers. Um, I would consider that um, that are affordable and controllable because um, we need controllable young arms. I think um, that's what I would. That's what I would. That's the direction I would go. And then I would go the the veteran free agent route. Uh, Charlie Morton is my number one target for free agency. Yeah, I actually prefer Morton over Bauer. Really. I like the way Morton pitches. I like the way he composes himself. You know, he's a little more calm and collected. He's a little more cool and collected than Bauer. Um, New York could be a tough, a tough market. And Bauer, you know, he's very passionate. And I think that can uh, really hurt having uh, that type of person on the team. And I'm not talking about his performance level. I think Bauer is a better pitcher than Morton. Oh, yeah. Personality-wise, I think Morton would be better suited for the media market. I also, with Morton, I like the fact that he has pitched against the AL East many times and has yeah. huge success, one. And two, he's not a power pitcher. He has a nasty curve that, you know, is very reliable. Um, and we're a team that has these guys that throw 100 miles per hour but can't hit the strike zone. So to mix oh, yeah. a guy who can every three, you know, five days is huge. We need something like that. And I also like his uh, veteran leadership. He's, what, 37 years old, and he's still, he's still pitching probably the best he's ever pitched in his career the last four years. Yeah, and, yeah. He's, he's great in the playoffs, too, and that's what matters. He's a great postseason pitcher, and that's what matters. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think Bowers had too much of a postseason resume. Um, but I know he had you know, success with Cleveland when, when they were making their run, but never really put them – he wasn't able to put them over the top. You know, the players progress. We've seen that over and over again. You know, the, the, the late you – know, the late insur- you know, resurgence of their, their – game you know not everybody is going to peak at 20 sometimes it peaks at 30 you know 33 so it's hard to judge based on you know with small sample size you know and neither one neither one of those those pitches are on a small sample size they've had a legitimate career yeah but the um like what you guys said you know him pitching in the al east gives him the edge over bauer one thing I do like about Bauer is he's a very high-energy pitcher. We're high-energy fans in New York. So if he's pitching in the playoff atmosphere where he's pitching well, we're going to love him really quickly, and he's going to feed I'm off it. Yeah, it's about October, not April. Exactly. All right, what else you got? Okay, here's the trade for the Colorado Rockies. John Gray and Ben Bowden. Ben Bowden is one of their um, – better prospects he's a left-handed pitcher he's 6'4 and he throws 100 miles per hour uh for gary sanchez oh yeah i think you'd have to give a little more than than sanchez to get uh the rockies to bite on that we might have to give up a a pitching prospect in return Mm -hmm. that is just about ready but not able to break through because there's no room for him, like a uh, like a brain. You know, might have to go in that deal. Um, you know, prospect for prospect. I think that's the most realistic trade of, of the of so far of the three. Yeah. I think that has a possibility. I like uh, that one. John, and John Gray starting to kind of build a little momentum for himself. You, you know, he's a solid dude. You, you know, you don't. He, he just goes about his business. You know, obviously we're not sitting with all the all the advanced stats and metrics, you know, just kind of just talking about it. But John Gray is a name I've heard multiple times throughout, you know, since he's been up. 
and you just I, I actually I, I think like Donald said that's one of the better proposals so far I think everybody can win I think Sanchez um, just needs a change of scenery New York is not you know not every player can play in New York you know, if he goes to Colorado and is able to, is able to tear it up and clean up his game and mm-hmm. really grow into the, the prospect he was supposed to be, I, I have no issues if he does it somewhere else at this point. Yeah, I, I think Colorado is a fantastic fit for him because that is not a fan base that magnetizes mistakes like the Yankees fans yeah. do. They're not going to get on his butt every time he has a pass ball because they're going to be drinking their Coors beer and having a good time. They don't care. They just don't care like we do. But it's like in the middle of, of spring training when he has a pass ball, we're cursing at him. Like that, We care too much because we need number 28. Yeah. Uh, you know, one more thing on, on, on Gary before uh, you give us the next one. Um, the one thing that I wanted to make a point of is, you know, if he does go somewhere else for this next season and just tears it up, will the fans be like, oh, we, you know, we should have just waited one more year and, you know, or will it be, you know, how do you think the fan, the Yankee fans would react if next year on a different team, Right from the gate, right out of the gate, he tears it up. Donald? I'm happy to move on, man. I mean, yes. you, you, you look at the look at his stats the last two years. Okay, so um, a negative win above replacement, negative uh, 0.5, negative three runs above replacement. Those are the advanced metrics. Awful. 147 batting average. Strikes out between 36 and 40 percent of all of his at bats, and he um, his defense is 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 atrocious. He can't block, can't block at the um, can't block pitches. Um, uh, they tried the okie doke with uh, changing his his uh, catching stance, and I think it made him actually worse at blocking pitches. Which, is, if that's even possible, um, if you look at all aspects of his game. And then when you think about the fact that, you know, his arbitration deadline is December 2nd, he's due $5 million and he's going to be 28. Is there going to be that much upside at 28? I I think that he's peaked already, you know? And so do I want to pay $5 million for for someone who bats 147 and is is actually a negative above his replacement? So I, I just don't see any reason why you keep that. I think you need to move him before December second, free up that fight, free up that money, and go and use it for pitching. That's you know, I'm just a little annoyed though. Can I just say I'm a little annoyed about something? Because sure. in 2018, the Marlins were shopping Real Muto, and they contacted us about um, Greg Bird and Sanchez, and we turned it down. Now, come on. If you look at it now, that's a horrible deal. That'd be great for us. You kidding? Yeah. But now I don't think you get Sanchez for twenty cents on the dollar. That's my worry. Yeah, he has no value. At he has all. no value. That's why I'm saying they'd have to give. They'd have to send another a pitching prospect in return with with Gary. I disagree. I think he has far more value than anyone knows. He has two years of control left. He just hit his 27-year-old season. He's an all-star catcher who has tremendous power. If you get a right offer for him, especially the one that we just gave in Colorado, I think they have to do it. Maybe we have to give them cash or maybe we have to give them a low-level prospect, but it's not going to be anything big. Like you said, maybe Abreu, you add it to him, they're going to take that because John Gray has no value there for him anymore. He's, yeah. what, 33 years old or something? He, he's done in Colorado. So you, you need the prospect because if you take away the prospect that we get back from them, that trade makes no sense for us. You're not doing Sanchez for, for Josh Gray. It's just dumb. John Gray. Yeah. All right, who else will be traded to grab? Uh, Carlos Martinez and ten million dollars in cash for Gary Sanchez. Uh, 
And then you would take that cash and you'd give it to DJ or you'd try to get Romine or James McCann or something like that. Um, I don't think you can get more than 10 million cash. No. But did now he's still with Texas, correct? Uh, St. Louis, I believe. He's with St. Louis. I remember him with Texas for some reason. I th- I think St. Louis would actually bite on that. I really do because they need somebody that's going to come in, you know, with uh, what his name just went right out of my head. Alina. Alina, you know, they need they need to rebuild their catching uh, pipeline. I, don't, I think that's fair. I don't know if that's... Even today with the Yadier Marina this week, we contacted Yadier, Yadier Marina's agent this week looking for yeah. a possible two-year deal. What do you guys think of that, 38 years old? Honestly, I'm fine with it. You bring him in for one year, it doesn't hurt us too much. You have a veteran catcher who can then yeah. teach Higgy some more, and maybe you bring up one of the other... Maybe Austin Wells is ready to come up. You have well, him come Learn from a legend. Well, Molina, I think he's looking for two years. He wants to play till he's 40. Yeah. I give him the two years. Let him be a Yankee for two years. He's got a Hall of Fame Fame career. Let him put, you know, it's not going to hurt to have have a guy with that caliber of a resume, you know. So it's, I actually like that, especially it would help. I think it would help Agashioka. And help the growth of Austin Wells. I, I would definitely sign Molina for two years. Remember when we got Ichiro Suzuki in a trade and we had him for two years? He wasn't the best anymore. I mean, he was he got better when he went to the Marlins. But, but he held his own. Exactly. He held his own, and him being in the presence of other Yankees was huge. They respected him so much. I mean, the work ethic for those two seasons was huge. And you could almost tell, you could almost see on the face with, with uh, Ichiro, he just in, it revitalized his love for the game. Yeah. You know, being in that competitive market. Yeah. You know, I think Molina would have the same. I, I would bank on Molina having the same. I agree. I would definitely pull the trigger on. I would definitely do that deal. Okay. You want one of my crazy deals? Absolutely. I'm waiting for one of those. Okay. Nolan Arredonado and Cat. Nolan? I can't say his last name. Arenado. Arenado, thank you. <laughs> and Cash for Gio and Duhar, Herman and Gil. <laughs> you are absolutely crazy. <laughs> It's not a it's it's not a crazy proposal where there's no way what well, you know the Yankees would the Yankees would be the first to say no. Colorado would jump all over that in a heartbeat. That's good trade. Totally playing for that's definitely a Colorado fantasy trade. Uh, okay, Joe Musgrove and Bell for Voigt. Herman and Medina. I would consider trading Luke Voigt. Uh, I don't think that's a crazy proposal. I would consider trading Luke Voigt because I, I, I think we need to uh, pay DJ and then move, move him to first and then move Flores to second. Then it frees up space for to get ourselves a shortstop that can actually play the position. So um, I, I think that's a fine proposal. So, uh, Bell's the first baseman, by the way. Perfect. Oh, right. Okay. So that's Josh Bell, right? Josh Bell, yeah. And he's a little better defensively than Void is. That's true. Okay. Um, still, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that one. Now, it was Musgrove and Bell? Yeah, Musgrove and Bell for Voigt, Herman, and Medina. I think the Yankees would jump on that. Would a team want Herman after the whole? Uh, yeah, it's the Herman thing is really the hesitant one. He's yeah. going to be tough to move. To hope that they don't care, but that is something that will be brought up in any trade discussions for him. Yeah. No, I mean, he's going to be convinced. I want to have Herman pitch next year because of the uh, assault allegations. I think those are really serious, and I don't really 
think he should be a it's, Yankee. It's hard to root for someone that could do something like that. And I know Chapman got a lot of slack for what he did. But his wife, Chapman's wife, even said he never physically put his hands on, on her. Yeah. He only shot a gun in the garage. Not saying that's okay. Oh, he only yeah. shot a gun. Yeah. But with her mom – there's evidence, proof, and she said he yeah. touched her. So no, you can't, you can't accept that. No, Vermont. Yeah, and what's what really upset me about that whole thing? You know, first and foremost, with, with the domestic abuse, unacceptable. Yeah, but he really he was so close to making a major force in this on this roster. And now he's lost the fans. When you lose the fans, that's it. You're done. It it can happen. I, he's gonna be. I'm gonna I'm gonna recall it in the the shadow trade because he might be. You know he might be somebody that's drawing a trade, but they're gonna want somebody really behind this. You know, a little more in the shadows, thrown in to uh, get a team to bite on a guy like Herman. It just kind of shows how desperate we are that we're even considering Herman as a, as a focal point, the rotation with Sevi being out until the All-Star break. And then even still, we don't really know what kind of Sevi we're going to get back. We've only got Cole that we can rely on. And everything else is a question mark, um, you know, which is uh, another thing is when I wrote my, that article that I wrote on, on you can find on on the uh, Yankee Chronicle website, I kind of mentioned that that we should have given Davy Garcia the, the playoff um, start because then we'd have a better idea of where we are with Davy Garcia and whether he can be relied upon as a focal point to our rotation. Um, but now we we now we didn't answer that question, so we don't really know. I think I think we got an answer, but we don't know. So. Um, in terms, uh, that, that kind of shows that how desperate we are because, you know, Herman, on a normal circumstance, I think, uh, you know, I don't think he'd have an automatic uh, rotation spot because of what he did. But now you kind of think, well, maybe he has to be because I don't think we've got any money for other starters. The other day we had uh, Rob Barrows and I had a chat with, with Robert Pimsner from Pinstripe Prospects. And we brought up Debbie Garcia. And I wanted to know from his experience covering him on the minor league level, what his, you know, what his mental strength is. You know, and if he felt that that game two start, from what he know of him in the minor leagues, how that would affect his mentality going forward in his career. Okay. And he said, of all the, a lot of the pitches that were on the rise, Garcia was – the most mentally strong. And well, you can so tell that something like that start will not affect his his mentality going into the next season. Yeah. I thought that was a very strong statement that he made about his mental strength. I'm not worried about his mentality. That I'm not worried about uh, because even the, the, I have faith that Garcia is going to be able to right from spring training. He's just going to solidify himself into that rotation and just yeah. put well, put that hiccup of game two. He's not even going to think about it anymore. It's all for it for him. The head of Yankee development said. Uh, the head of Yankee development said that he's got the best voice. Um, yeah. He's got an unbelievable yeah. voice. He's I just mean, so he loves uh, Pedro Martinez, another guy who has the yeah. most confidence of anyone we've ever seen, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about Clark Schmidt? Where do you think we are in Clark Schmidt? Because um, he's actually a higher-rated prospect. But in the limited time that he had, I'm not sure whether uh, he, you know, he looked better than but Garcia. It's hard to judge where they are on a prospect list, you know, because they're judging it through metrics where the eye test sometimes is something different. You know, yeah. you have, you know, Andy Martino from SNY making a statement that Gio Rochelle is on the bottom nine of, the, of, of third baseman in baseball. Because of because uh, of the advanced metrics, so it really gives no credibility to the to the stat you know people that that's all they look at. So the prospect now the way you are on a prospect list is sometimes harder to judge than what you see. 
we've been able to see more of Garcia mm-hmm. than than Schmidt. Uh, we got to, we got a good opportunity to see Schmidt and Clark, uh, uh, Schmidt and Michael King. Yeah. Uh, throughout this year, I think that both of them are really te- you know teetering closer to be a major league ready than we realize. Mm-hmm. I, I think that spring training they're definitely going to be in the roster. Yeah. Either one of them is going to be in the rotation. One of them is going to be in the bullpen. Uh, they are not. Once spring training starts, I do not. I would be shocked if either one of them go back down to the AAA level. Yeah, Clark. I I fireable, sorry, sorry Evan. Uh, go ahead, I was going to say I thought it was a fireable offense that, that Schmidt's debut was to come in the middle of an inning while you know we had um, runners on base and it was a really messy inning and we threw one of our top starting pitching prospects in. To, to get rocked, and yeah, that was, I was, that so was a, annoyed by that. I, I, he should have been fired on the spot for that decision. I remember, I, mean, I heard, you know, I was screaming, what are you doing? Don't put him in now. He's an Give awful him a clean thing. inning. Yeah, that, I thought that, I agree with you. Awful that thing that move really ticked me off. Oh, my God. Uh, what's the next proposal? Texas Rangers, Joey Gallo and Lance Lynn for Gary Sanchez, Medina, Estrada, and Monty. Yeah, all over it. Uh, take Monty off of there. I I have no issue with that. I want to. I I want that. We need that lefty star. I, I I had Herman as an option instead of Monty. So if you wanted to put Herman, I would as put Herman in there. Any too. trade, you know, any trade right now, Sanchez and, and Herman have to be included in some of these because those are the two that really just need a new environment. Yeah, I also I they think they need to they need to get restart on their careers. You yeah. also don't have any room for Andujar. I would trade him. I, I would add him to proposal because we there's just no room for him. He doesn't have a position. Yeah, no, I think. I would say if there was of productivity, uh, Herman and Andujar would be on the top of the trade market. Sanchez yeah. is going to be one of those guys that are thrown in to kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. Uh, not that Sanchez will improve many teams, but just that you know he's major league ready. When healthy and focused, we know what his ability is. He's just unable to, to – he cannot perform in the New York market. I really think like a, a small market team, Sanchez – like Colorado. Sanchez would be perfect for Colorado. He would be, yeah. I wouldn't so – having said though, I wouldn't totally dismiss treating Monty because I, I think he tops out as a number five starter. You know, I, I think he's uh, – that's exactly. okay. You don't, you know, not every, you know, you can't have five aces in your rotation. You know, you maybe you hold Monty in the back pocket for the All Star, you know, before the All Star break, you know, before the trade deadline, yeah. and dangle him there. Let him kind of build his repertoire a little bit. You know, kind of just coming year, off of injury. Man, I would propose for Arenado in Colorado. Now that we've been kind of chatting a little bit, I would offer Sanchez, Herman, and Duan for for Arenado, straight up. Yeah, I'd be fine. I'd do it. You'd have to figure out what to do with Geo, but that's what I'm saying. What are we going to do about Geo? Geo would be would go back to being utility. I think I don't think that's fair on Geo. That's really the only option, you know. And I'm not putting down Geo. Geo's been a tremendous Yankee. He exceeded a lot of expectations. You know, I remember when you know it was you know why is this guy getting a major league spot over over Andulon when Geo shut us all up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, he shut us up over two years because this year he was again just as good. Yep. Yeah, we you didn't have the postseason that. He did the year before. You're not going to hit a home run every every time. 
Yeah, it, every even the best players are gonna have a bad day or a bad series. It's how you how you how you rebound from that is what what builds up your your stock of longevity. I don't want to Gio off third base. I think Gio, we've got ourselves a third baseman. I just need I think we need to focus on shortstop and then what to do about uh, first base. See, a lot of these, uh, and as, as fun as these proposals are, it, it's there's so many different factors that play into it. You know, do, does Paxton come back for a one-year, you know, let's see how, let, let me show you how my recovery is going. If you move me during the year, fine. Uh, what's Tanaka's decision going to be? Are they going to re-sign LeMayhew? Are they gonna, you know, all these free agents? Are they bringing him, you know, the free agent market? Are they bringing in Bauer? Yeah. You know, so it's so it's such a hard discussion. You know, it's fun. I'm I'm having a blast today. It, it's there's still so many different factors before people right, can right. really start discussing this on a very more serious level. Right, because each move that we're talking about today basically opens up the need for another move to happen. There's yeah. about three moves that have to happen with each of these, and it gets a little complex because you're going to need to fill with both free agents and trades, unfortunately. And when we're strapped for the money on one section, you can't bring in a guy in a trade who has that $20 million, like we said with you, Darvish, because then yeah. it messes up, say, Tanaka, or it messes up DJ LeMahieu. Well, do you want to replace DJ LeMahieu or Tanaka with you, Darvish? I don't think so. No. I like you guys. Those are my guys. But if you can get the three of them, you got to find out a way to do it. Yeah. You know, and it, I think that ties into perfectly with uh, everybody's infatuation with, you know, you got to trade for Lindor. You got to move – Move Glaber back to second, but what happens if they resign Lemayhew? You know, then what do you do? You know, yeah. do you, then does that fall into? Does does that take you down a, a, a parallel dimension where Voigt gets traded to make you know? So Lemayhew would be your first baseman. You know, it's yeah. it's such a weird it's a weird time of year for baseball. And yeah, also, it could, be, it could be fun if you make it fun, but it's a very weird time. Okay, so say, say we trade for Lindor and we sign DJ. What happens then is other teams know we now have to make a trade, whether it's Voight or someone else, to fill up that space, to get rid of that space. So that gets rid of our leverage in a Voight trade. Yeah. So maybe you have to trade Voight first, then do those other moves. Who knows? Well, that, that's, I think that's a lot of times when you see these three-way trades or four-team trades. That's, that's how those come about behind the scenes, I believe. You know, we want to take on this guy, but let's make sure we have this guy to go, you know, he's going to go here. And then uh, and I'll, I'll trade to Evan's team, but Evan's going to trade to Donald's, team, you know, and it just mm-hmm. spins or, you know, makes the world spin. So it's really it gets really tricky when you when you're trading for a position that you already had filled. Then you look at the dollars aspect. You're you're trading for Lindor's with twenty mil. DJ's going to be twenty mil. It's forty million dollars allocated to two guys in the infield. That's a lot because you know especially with uh, with the COVID market, we're trying to to watch the cost. I mean, in any other year, it's there's more of a chance of that this year. I don't think there's any chance of that. I don't see us allocating that $40 million to, to those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think what the, the key thing is, this is going to be, if we thought that with the waiting on, on Harper and Machado, like that, that off season, that really had fans going nuts. I think that's going to be, minuscule to this season. I think this is going to drag out so long with the owners because they're going to want to penny pinch every chance they can. Players are going to hold strong because they know what their value is. 
you know, I think we're we're in for one of the ugliest baseball off seasons we've ever yeah. seen. I mean, everyone lost money, so everyone's going to be focused on getting their money. Exactly. Yeah, and if that if the if both sides are not careful, we will be looking at we, we will be looking at a strike in in the next season. Yeah, they will, there will be a work stoppage. Yeah, remember what happened with Mike Mustakis? Yep. He tried. He tried to basically bet on himself. Didn't take the qualifying offer, and because of that, couldn't get a contract. So he ended up going back to the same team, Kansas City, for about eight million dollars less than the qualifying offer that year. Then the following year, still couldn't get a contract, and then got lucky last year with uh, the Reds. But right. Evan, I want you to give us one last proposal. So I want. Well, while I ask this question. I want you to think about which one you want to close with, right? Should play the players that were offered qualifying offers, should they have taken the money knowing that they would have had a set salary for this year and waited, you know, waited one more year for, for the contract negotiation? Like should the remainder uh, just grab the 18.7 and says, all right, but I want to negotiate during the year. I, that's what I would have done. I, I think that this is a very uh, difficult set of circumstances, and I think that a uh, player like DJ, because he's had two MVP-type seasons back-to-back, he might not have an issue. But if you look at the, the second-tier or even the third-tier players, they're not going to get anything close to what they're expecting or need. You know, like Stroman accepted his qualifying offer – which was the right thing to do because he knows he was not getting $18 million from another team. He wasn't even going to get higher than fifteen. He yeah. would have been lucky to get fifteen. Yeah, so I, I was actually glad to see that at least somebody took the qualifying offer because I'm like, all right, they're being smart. Just grab the money. You know, it's, it's one year, and they can never offer, to, offer it to you again. Right, and the qualifying offer went up this year by like one point nine million dollars. Yeah, that's why I kept saying seventeen, and it was eighteen. Point nine is high. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's the annual. It's the it's a base average salary of all baseball players. Yep. You know, the more that these salaries go up, the more the qualifying. You know, the higher the qualifying offer. You know, and I think. If I, if my memory is correct, you could be once you're offered the qualifying offer, they can never offer it to you again, regardless of what team you're on, right? Is that the rule? Uh, I need to look into that. I think you might be right, but I need to look into that. I can't confirm. I th- and I know you can't offer a qualify. I know you can't offer it to somebody you got during the year. They had to start the year with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Evan, so wrap it up with what you think is your best offer. Oh, man. Okay, I got I got two trades. Do you want me to do the Lindor one or the one that I think is better for our team? Do the Lindor one. We'll get we'll we'll close with the 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 team one last. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, Lindor and Carrasco for Clint, Gary, Velope, and Herman. Ooh. Velope is the shortstop that we just drafted two years ago. Yeah. No, I, I'm really – you got me off guard with the Carrasco because I always liked him. I like him too. Yeah. He's always like – you know, he's a very team – you know, he's a team first player. Yeah. Oh, he had – you know, he had his uh, – he got – you know, he had his uh, illness off the – you know, that he battled back from and just really just got a lot of heart, passion. He loves the game. I, it's the Clint Frazier in that deal. I, I would say no because I can't imagine Cleveland taking him back. Actually, I, mean, I think they want him back. I think if you want Lindor, I think Clint Frazier is – their number one uh, target, uh, but I don't want to trade Clint Frazier. But if they you're looking, out feel bad. But uh, they. So would you substitute? Here's what I would do. I would instead of sending Frazier, I would offer offer them uh, Floreal. No value. 
I mean, that you're exactly. literally cutting the value in half right there with yeah. that. Oh, okay. I, I'm not saying the value wise, and you know, if I, I don't want to get rid of Clint, and Floreal is just one of these guys, there's no room for him right now. You know, and he's a player on the rise. He, you know, I, I think he would do well in a in an everyday role. I think Cleveland would be that, you know, uh, a good spot for him. Florial's value has decreased massively over the last two years. Like, if you, if you were looking to trade him, you should have been traded last year or the year before. You were going to walk more for him. I don't think you're going to get much for him now. Well, because yeah. you're also, you know, Carrasco's value – you know, he's he's older. He's he's more on the tail end of his career. You know, so I don't know how much more he's going to be able to give to the game. Well, I think that it's it's similar to Kluber's value from last year. I, I think that they're kind okay. of in the same page. Um, so I think they would they would need Clint and Gary to be the high end piece of that, and then they get the prospect and Felope. And a guy that can, you know, start now in Herman. So I'm sure they both sides would be pretty interested in that one. So who would who would take the outfield role for our team? You know, on the Yankees, who would be your left fielder? I think Gardner's coming back. Unfortunately, I think that that's going to happen for another year. I think he's going to take a nine to ten million dollar deal, and I think he's going to be oh, slotted no. right there. I would not pay nine or ten million for Brett Gardner. No. I like the guy, but not nine or ten. No. I wouldn't go over seven. What he was last year, you can't keep lowering his price every year. He already came down two years ago when he had 12.5, and he went down to about 9.5 last year to come back. You're not going to keep lowering that. He's going to have to either stay the same or get a little uh, – Well, do you give him an even ten? Yeah. I think there will be a lot of one-year $10 million deals this year. I, I really think that is the number that we're going to see. Even Paxton might be worth only that. Yeah. Well, so, I was saying the Yankees have been very they, – they really uh, have stuck with the $10 million salaries, you know, with yeah. Uh, yeah. Severino and Hicks. They, yep. they like that $10 million a year. Yeah. So I think for one year you'd be able to get Gardner, but I I don't see the Yankees are obsessed with. I'm not Gardner. saying it's a bad trade. I think it's a good trade. I'm just from the from a fan point of view, I, I'm not particularly sure how I would feel about it once the once the deal would be done. You get you know just getting rid of Clint. It's okay. tough, too, because you need to then sign Lindor to a massive deal, and that's not going to happen if you're signing Tanaka and DJ and Paxton. And, you know, it just – it doesn't that's, – that's a tough deal financially to make work, I think, Yeah, regardless. That's true. And uh, the last deal that I'm going to mention today, this one I'm really excited about, uh, it's with the Oakland A's. We would trade them and Duhar, Prospects, Vizcaino, and Gomez – for Frankie Matas. Yeah, what are what are what are uh, Matas's numbers? They're yeah. pretty solid. He was the one that was suspended for steroids after going like uh -oh. seven and one with the really low ERA a couple years ago, and he was solid this year. He, I mean, he throws gas. No, it wasn't. A, his stats weren't particularly steroid based. They were. It was. He's legitimate. Yeah, he's a good uh, he's a good starter. Uh, like him, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not too familiar with him. Okay. Um, that's why I'm, I'm asking. Of steroids. Uh, I do like about the steroids aspect. Well, you guys got to look him up because I'm excited about him. He's a good pitcher. Yeah, it's, I'll have to look at him. I'll have to look into a little bit because I'm not familiar with him, unfortunately. Um, especially the way, yeah, you know, when Evan, when you get hyped up on a player, there's a reason for it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And what I have to say is what I thought was the most shocking of all your trade proposals is you've made no mention this whole episode so far about your go-to player this offseason. Exactly. I had a couple with Merrifield, but I, I didn't think I was going to bother you guys with that one, but. 
the Whitmer. Come on, you got to give us something. You can't leave you us hanging. Like that. That's your boy. Whitmer. <laughs> Whitmerfield and Foster Griffin for um, and Duhar, Herman, Abreu, and a low-level pitching prospect. For hey, you, I would take that deal. <laughs> to get you wit, let's do it. <laughs> I'd be so jazzed up if we had wit. You have no idea. I'd, ha- I'd have a phone. You smile, bro. I want Whit Merrifield to be a Yankee. Your your smile will be nothing. You've convinced me, man. <laughs> yeah, I get really good players, guys. On Twitter, you'll be really happy on Twitter. And that'll be really oh, I'd be I talk about him every game, guys. <laughs> You'll be you'll be trolling people on Twitter. You'll be loving it. You'll be loving life. So I think we gotta make this happen. Okay. You'll be holding up a big sign. I told you so. You know. I you know it. I, I told everyone so about DJ. I still remind them. They hate it. About who? DJ Lemayhu. Yeah. I I did a whole profile on him about three weeks before we signed him, and I said we must get this guy instead yeah. of Machado because of all these other reasons. And half of Yankees Twitter was like, oh, he plays at Coors Field. He's going to be terrible at Yankee yeah. Stadium. And I had to explain how being a pure contact hitter doesn't affect that. But okay. Yeah. Exactly. doesn't affect batting average in Coors Field. Exactly. I mean, look at Witt. He's played in Kansas City his whole career. That's yeah. a terrible place to play. <laughs> Poor guy. I just want him <laughs> out of Kansas City. Me too. <laughs> uh. This was fun, guys. This was fun. All right, so this is going to wrap up this week's episode of Yankee Chronicles. All right, guys, this, this was a blast. You know, we'll, have to, we'll have to do a, a part two of these proposals uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, I still got see, like – I'll see how the market starts to play out, and um, I'm going to look up that uh, picture from Oakland. because I, I Frankie really Montas. Wanna, Frankie Montas. I really want to get his numbers. Um as like I said, if you if you're up if you're this excited over a player, then it, it's worth looking into. Yeah, so, he throws gas. I'm really excited about him. Yeah. So on behalf of everybody, YankeeChronicles.com, we would like you to if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and like. And if you're on if you're listening to us on Spotify, please follow our channel to get the latest on all our uploads. Right. Everybody, enjoy your day. Be safe. Be safe, guys.